Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with occasional showers, a high of 42 tonight. Cloudy with periods of rain. Some of that will turn into freezing rain after midnight with a low of 31. And for tomorrow, more rain, but otherwise mostly cloudy with a high of 45. 19 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Later on today, your chance winning more tickets to see Back in Black at Gateway City Arts. They're going to be there on the 11th of March. Be a hell of a show. Throttle Rocker Nation is uh, presenting. Should be a good one. And all kinds of things going on in this show today. I hardly know where to begin. Except maybe right now. It's 535 and Rock 102. How cold is it out there? When will it switch to freezing rain? To Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 in the Foo Fighters. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 46. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, oh, and I just go right yeah, into go it. Right into it. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve <laughs> Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, no matter how cool you thought Dave Grohl was, you know, we just heard Dave Grohl. Right. Uh, it turns out he's actually even cooler. Last week he showed up at a homeless shelter in Los Angeles with a massive meat smoker and a whole bunch of groceries, and he fed the homeless. Dave now, Arri- when you say meat smoker, are yeah. you talking about a thing that smokes meat, or is that like a hidden message type of thing? Uh, no, it's it's a big giant smoker to, for meat, oh, for okay. actual meat. Never mind. Uh, yeah, he uh, he arrived at midnight and spent the next 16 hours cooking up ribs, pork butt, brisket, cabbage, coleslaw, and beans. And yet I don't see any of that in front of us. Well, because we're not homeless and uh, we're not cool enough to know Dave Grohl. For uh, a barbecue dinner, I'll, I'll uh, dress homeless. Yeah. After uh, everything was cooked, Dave spent time chatting with staffers and people living at the shelter. In all, he fed around 500 people. Ah, that's pretty cool. And not bad. You know, that's the ca- Kurt Cobain would have never done that. Nah, he wouldn't have. Yeah, who wants to do shots? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne said the media exaggerated his tour cancellation announcement and that he's effing not dying. He says if he gets permission from his doctor to tour, he'll do it. How did anybody understand what he was saying? He's not always incoherent. Yeah. He has moments of real lucid thought. They're fleeting. You got to pay pay attention. But I think uh, when it comes to an angry Ozzy, that's, <laughs> that's when he makes the most amount of sense. Let me take my rep Eddie Vetta for me. <laughs> Going on tour now. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Ozzy Osbourne sang the greatest hits of Gordon yeah. Lightfoot? Here's my assistant, uh, Bob Dylan. It's thunder. Yeah, it's the Lockjaw 2023 <laughs> tour. <laughs> Uh, Madonna's older brother Anthony died over the weekend. That's not funny. I was just yeah, laughing it's at the previous laughing. joke. And uh, even though their relationship wasn't great, so it's to say Madonna was paying for his care until the end. Anthony struggled with addiction for most of his life, and his relationship with his family was complicated. But in addition to footing the bill for his stay at the rehab facility in Michigan, she also visited him there earlier this month. According to TMZ, Anthony removed his own feeding and breathing tubes just two days before he died. You can remove your own breathing tube? 
Uh, I think you can request it. Oh. Madonna posted a tribute to Anthony, thanking him for planting many important seeds by introducing her to things like Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, Buddhism, Taoism, and Jack Kerouac. Uh, Brendan Fraser got accidentally choked out while shooting the cinematic masterpiece that is the uh, that is 1999's The Mummy. Really? Mm-hmm. On yesterday's episode of the Kelly Clarkson show, which everybody watches, I'm so sad I missed it again. Uh, he said he was. It was at. It was the scene at the beginning of the movie where his character is hung at an Egyptian prison. Brandon was standing on his toes with a rope around his neck, but the guy holding the rope pulled it a little too high. He said, quote, the next thing I knew, my elbow was in my ear and the world was sideways. There was gravel in my teeth and everybody was really quiet. You know, I really want to see the whale and I know it's streaming, but you got to pay like 20 bucks for it. I have a problem paying for things that uh, that should be streaming for free, but I really want to see that. Why would should that be for free? I don't know. It's, it's a not- first run movie. It's still in the theaters. I just don't want to. That's that's what you're paying. Pay. You're paying for the the movie ticket, and yeah, you, and you're it, paying for a movie ticket under the assumption that more than one person is going to be watching this movie in your house. I know. I just I realize I need a little bit more patience, and if uh, I'm willing to be patient, I can see it for free without having to go through the uh, theater experience uh, of wasting all my money, even on a great performance. Anyway, there was a stud court uh, stunt. Stud. A stunt. Yeah, I know. Stunt I, I got coordinator you. who said, Congratulations, you're in the club. The same hang- thing happened to Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Uh, thanks, I think. A lot of things And everything happened. worked out good for, for yeah, Mel. A, a lot of things happened to Mel Gibson on, on the set of Braveheart and many other movies. Yeah. Was, I had such a there. bad day at work, I'm going to get drunk and start spouting off horrible things. The uh, Weekend has just landed his first starring role in a movie, although it wasn't hard to do since he also co-wrote it. It doesn't have a title yet, and nobody is sharing plot details, but the script was apparently so good that he landed Jenna Ortega from Wednesday and Barry Keegan from The Banshees of Insurance uh, as co-stars. The Weeknd made his acting debut in uh, 2019's Uncut Gems. He stars in the upcoming HBO series The Idol. How's he going to... He's busy every weekend. How is he going to be able to fit all this stuff into his schedule? By working on the weekdays. I guess. And uh, guess who else wants to make a little career change? Mick Jagger. Tom Brady, reportedly considering a 180-degree uh, career change that his inner circle absolutely hates. He wants to be on Netflix. To do what? He's launching, uh, The rumors about the former NFL star are flying around. The latest tale is a wild one that would have the 45-year-old athlete taking the stage as a stand-up comedian. While this is a while this possible career change may seem like it's out of left field, a radar online source is claiming that Brady was inspired by his small cameo in the Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Rita Moreno film Eighty for Brady. Yeah, you know, a walk-on role doesn't necessarily give you the right or the talent to get your own Netflix comedy special. No, but uh, you know, this is a this uh, this is from a comedian, John Moses. You know, we've had him in yeah. here before. He goes, that's how bad some of these crowd work clips are. You get Tom Brady thinking he can do this crap. It's true. Everybody can think they can get up and just do that. <laughs> Tom Brady, it's he's not a comedian. No. Like, that's he's, not he's that's not. that's an actor I can see. Anybody, you know, he I'm sure they have coaches and things like that that can 
Yeah, well, like, when Robert De Niro was in The King of Comedy. You know, he's not really a funny guy, but he was a comedian on that in that film. Right, so he had to learn things about how to be a stand-up comic. Oh, man. <sighs> and uh, Kim Kardashian did a TikTok video in only a bathrobe. Really? Yeah. Just had something to say. She said, oh, my God, the last time I had a, only, uh, had a bathrobe like this was when Ray J gave me a golden bubbler and used shampoo tang in that sex <laughs> tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. And she still has I snarls. That, I believe that's from Jurgens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, she's had her she's had her share of split ends in the past. Oh, many yeah, oh, split yeah. ends. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, uh, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but her hot pocket was foaming like a leaky tap. <laughs> I had her gobble the sewer trout off the one-eyed milkman. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is the minge mucus was foaming from that clamp-flavored pothole, and it was delicious. <laughs> Don't taste the potholes. It's the the clam flavored <laughs> ones are the best. Doesn't matter what they say the flavor is. Like doing those like shooters. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Ah! W enter dollars and bonus bets to use. View from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get instant savings with your Rocky's Ace Rewards card. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know if you can smell it from where you're sitting, but the NFL Scouting Combine officially began yesterday. The Combine is the annual assessment camp, which teams from around the NFL sit around and watch a bunch of ambitious prospects perform any number of physical and mental exercises designed to give each team an inside look into who's worth drafting and who is not all of which will be revealed over the next couple of days as position players perform thrilling acts of grueling physical exertion. You're going to see things like the 40-yard dash, how much you bench, broad jumps, vertical leaps, the 20-yard shuffle, the 60-yard shuffle, running through road cones. All of these things have the potential to separate which players are draftable and which ones stink. But those aren't the only tests that these young men will have to deal with. There's also a lengthy 15-minute-long interview process, a battery of psychological testing, and everybody has to fill a cup to make sure that they're not of the juice. Only then can you determine which guys are NFL caliber and which ones will be working at Walmart after the NFL draft on April 27th. Now, can you imagine having to go through this sort of intrusive and physically exhausting process to have been hired for your dead-end job? I've been working here for 28 years. Nobody has asked me to run the 40. I've never had to put my leaping ability to the test. Come to think of it, I've never been asked to fill up a cup with my own bodily waste just to prove that I might be a good hire for the company. And yet, here I am defying logic as to why I have not yet been let go by this company. Certainly don't have the requisite foot speed. I don't have the physical stamina to run between cones, nor have I been asked to complete a psychological evaluation, which is probably for the best, because only someone who is clinically insane would apply for a job that requires broad jumping and physical measurements of body parts. But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Walk into the South Hadley Rockies. You see that smile? Nicole is ready to help you. Sometimes she's at the register. Sometimes at the, the tool department. Nicole does a little bit of everything in the South Hadley Rockies. Good people. Rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Pax. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's just about 6.13. And Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be rainy today and tomorrow. High of 44 today, 46 for tomorrow. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. So uh, last week we were on vacation. So we were? 
Yes. I don't remember that. Well, it was last week, and uh, as a result, you know, there's like a whole week of things that we missed. Yeah. And uh, had we been here last week, I am sure we would have talked about the death of comedian Richard Belzer. For a, a brief second. Probably wouldn't have lasted more than like five seconds. Yeah. Except I have like a personal uh, story about Richard Belzer that goes back uh, many, many years. Oh, we don't have like uh, personal story music, do we? Uh, no, no we, sorry, we don't. well, let me see if, well, let's see if this will work. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm going yeah. on, a, I'm just right. spitballing here. There you go. All right. Come on down. Tell us your heartfelt story about Richard Belzer here on the Baxter Nagel show. It's time to bring it down a bit. As we uh, talk about a guy who's dead. All right. Bring it on. Mike Baxter. Yeah, so he died uh, last week at the age of, like, 78. Uh-huh. You know what his final words were? This is interesting. What? According to Wikipedia, which, to the best of my knowledge, has never had faulty information never, on it. Never, ever. His final words were, F you, mother effer. That's the way I'd want to go out. I wonder who he was saying that to. Well, according to uh, Wikipedia, he, uh, he said that to his friend uh, Bill Sheft, who was another... Uh, a novelist yeah, said that his last words were F you mother effer except he didn't he didn't paraphrase the way I just did right he just you know went out and, and did and it just did it yeah because he's working those kinds of rooms <laughs> he's getting blue now yeah, he's getting, yeah. now, yeah, now yeah. that he's at the end of the life transition yeah. into spirit well if I'm gonna now, be if I'm gonna be turning blue I might as well be getting blue zing pow Anyway, uh, we've discussed very infrequently on this show that at one point in my early development, mm-hmm. uh, I, like you, was on the fence about where to go in my life. Right. I could either go into radio mm-hmm. or I could become a stand-up comic, mm-hmm. which I did for about nine years, uh, but I don't, uh, I'm off that bandwagon. And believe it or not, uh, I wound up having a long and prosperous career in radio instead wow anyway this goes back to to 1988 you ever been in a, a comedy contest uh unfortunately yes yeah okay that, yeah. yes yeah. that's what well, anyone who's ever been in a comedy contest yeah their answer has always been yeah unfortunately yes and i'm not proud of where, it where you have no chance in hell you're just making the person who ran the show very very rich Exactly. Yes. So this goes back to, to 1988, and I uh, I begrudgingly entered into another comedy contest. I went into a couple of them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, on this night, Richard Belzer was the MC at this at wow. this comedy club. So he was you know introducing all the comics. How they got him to do this, I don't know. Obviously, he was paid. This was like a, on a Thursday night, and he was there for the remainder of the weekend. But anyway, he was the MC. Uh huh. So there's probably, I don't know, like, you know, 20, 30 comics that go on. They do the five minutes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, the way the winner was selected was by audience applause. So whoever got the most amount of applause yeah. winds up winning. The winner of this contest won $2,500. Wow. And uh, second place was a copy of Richard's book, How to Be a Stand-Up Comic. Oh. So it's either a $2,500 payday or a book that was worth $12 at a Borders. Okay. Okay. I came in second. Oh. Uh, which means I got the book. Uh, the guy that won uh, brought 20 people to the club with him that night. How 20 many, people. How many did you bring? 
two. Yeah, see, that doesn't work. Yeah, and I was one of them. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't think I would have to stack the yeah. audience to be in my favor. But I came in second place, and I and I and I got the book. Now after the the night was over, uh, I see bells are like right outside the bathroom. Yeah, and I don't know what he was doing in the bathroom, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't completely legal. Anyway, Richard Belzer assaulted you in the bathroom. <laughs> no, he yeah. he didn't. But uh, he handed me the he handed me the autographed copy of the book and said, uh, "You got effed. Uh, my advice: bring more drunks with you next time. Ah. Enjoy the book." And I thought, you know what? Uh, the book kind of sucks and taught me nothing about becoming yeah, a stand-up right. comic. I was say because he was. Because there's no there's no book in the world that can teach you to be a stand up comic, but uh, I felt like okay you know I had my moment with with Richard Belzer and what he was telling me is you 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 got jacked. Now, what happened to the other guy, the one who brought the twenty people? Is he anything now, or do you know uh, what the what the fate of uh, what was his name? Do you? Even I, know don't, I don't I don't even See, remember. I would always I remember rem- the name of the person I lost to. <sighs> I believe his name was very similar to the last words ever spoken by <laughs> Richard Belzer. Yeah. It was F you mother yeah. effer. Oh, is that what it was? That, that's yeah. what I called him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can picture him. He kind of yeah. looked like, uh, he kind of looked a little bit like a Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of moved around like a, like a, like a coked up Bob Dylan. Well, he always wore those dark shades. I mean, the guy was not funny. Yeah. And I, you know, he had never, when I had seen him in the past, uh, in like open mics and stuff. Yeah. He would go through his material and you could hear like a like a mouse piss on cotton from a mile away. It was like nothing but crickets. Like no action, no no reaction from a crowd. But if you bring 20 people with you and yeah. 2500 hours is on the line, all of a sudden, woo, man, that guy was terrific. Yeah, I you know, I've been part of that before. I I've even been part of like open mics that require you to bring like, like three or four people. Well, there was one in New York City that uh, a friend of mine, we had enough people for one of us to go perform, right? Yeah. But we like kind of greased the wheels of the club manager that night. In This was in New York City. It was the comic strip. It was like the one where Jerry Seinfeld starred and all that. Right. And uh, we were kind of like, listen, we traveled, you know, two and a half hours, three hours to get here. This is all we could fit in a car. So they let us have both have five minutes stage time Yeah. Uh, for the thing. But I think we had to buy four drinks instead of two per person. Four. Well, it was a two-drink minimum. Okay. But right. for people who were coming in, we had to buy an eight-drink, uh, four-drink minimum <laughs> because we only had five people. But, well, you know, that's a cool experience, though, that you had with Richard Belzer. It was, you know what? It was, uh, it, I, while I was angry that I had no chance of winning this thing, yeah. ultimately. I mean, that was kind of cool. And, you know, the guy clearly is saying, this contest should have been won by you, but here's the book anyway. I mean, it was yeah. it was kind of funny, but... The comedy competition thing, that was, I think at that point, that was like my third comedy competition. The first one, I did I, you know, I didn't even come close. I just, I had a bad, a bad set. And then yeah. the first one I went to was the most intimidating one. And that was at the Improv in Chicago. It was the first Johnny Walker Red com, uh, comedy competition in the city. And everybody had only two minutes. Now, two minutes may seem like a long time to to most people, but when it comes to comedy, it's like a blink of an eye. It's like the moment you just you establish what you're doing, it's over. And yeah. 
the first round of it, there were 80, 80 comics. And prior to it, you know how like uh, when when comics are like competitive and nervous yeah. and uh, and uh, <laughs> you know insecure. Yeah. What jerks they can act like? Well, it's like eighty jerks all standing outside the yeah. improv. We finally get on, and you do your two minutes. The audience were all the other contestants. Yeah. So I mean, the the audience they're was, not going to clap for you. No, yeah. if you got them to laugh at all at anything, yeah, that was a major uh, that was a major success. And uh, I came in the top third, but nowhere near close to winning. Do you remember what the joke was? Or you know, you had <sighs> probably a bit. I don't. I actually don't remember what the bit. Well, it could have been like two or three uh, different ones. I and think two minutes on Ovaltine. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the deal with that? It, it, it's a, it's a, it's it should be called round team. Yeah, the glass is round, the jar is round. Yeah, but the guy that won was this guy named Haywood Banks. Haywood who, Banks. You know him? No, I don't. Haywood Banks had a pretty good, actually had a pretty decent career in the Midwest. He was actually yeah. very, very funny. It was more like a character-driven type yeah. of thing, but it was like, man, what a, what an intimidating process. And me and my friend who went together, uh, and he's still in comedy, you know, we sat and watched the, 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 the finals. Yeah. And we're like, no, nope, the guy that came in second should have won. If only Richard Belzer yeah. was here with his book. Right, right, right. But listen, you got the experience. You got to you got to see how other people work in this business, in this industry going. This is really just like a, a popularity contest when it comes down to <laughs> it. It, wind up, it yeah. really wind up being, what do I want to do? Do I want to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning for the remainder of my career, or do yeah. I want to hang out with these douchebags forever? Yeah. I, 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 got, I, I I chose the one with that had the regular paycheck. I think I told you I got suckered into the international comedy contest up in Toronto yeah. years ago, back in like 2007. I think I first started, it was probably within a year of working here, first starting to work here for you, for you guys. And uh, I, I, it was basically as long as you had fifty dollars, you could get to be part of this comedy contest as well. You know, so they picked two of us from here, and we it, it was like it, it took like three four days because you had to like it would take a day to drive up there, a day to drive back, plus the two days you have to be because we both had two different spots. I was like a Tuesday night, and the other guy was a Wednesday night. Oh God! Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then uh, it it was a it was a long long trip that I don't have time to tell the story. But that's where we got pulled over at the Canadian border and had our car searched for about two hours <laughs> because somebody decided, "Hey, tell him we're going sightseeing." I'm like, "Yeah, two fat guys in a PT cruiser going sightseeing." Yeah. That doesn't raise any red flags at all. It's 624 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Ah, uh, there's nothing like... 630 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Taxland. Boston Road in Springfield or Cottage Street in East Hampton or taxlandonline.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, the Springfield Fire Department was called to a car fire at 500 Allen Park Road on... Tuesday evening. According to the fire department, there were no reported injuries, and the arson and bomb squad is investigating the cause of that fire. I like how they, uh, the headline says, uh, car catches fire on Allen Park Road. The car just caught fire. There was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why can't they just say car fire? It's a good question. I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, when winter weather hits, many cities and towns implement 
parking bans. And parking bans ensure that emergency vehicles can easily get through roadways and facilitate the quick removal of snow on streets. Many cities and towns will fine you if you violate parking uh, parking ban, and your car could also get towed. These are the basics, by the way, by the 22 News I team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a parking ban was implemented in Springfield with no parking on the even side of the street from 7 p.m. Monday night to 7 a.m. Tuesday morning and no parking on the odd side of the street from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. 22 News spoke uh, with uh, Ryan Walsh about how the city enforced the ban. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy that my friend's car was towed from uh, Long Hill Street last night. I guess it's pretty serious. It says, last night our officers went out with the DPW and our city contracted towing company doing a ticket and tow detail. We towed more than 50 cars that were illegally parked on the wrong side of the street to ensure that those plows could get through. I probably saw about half of them being towed off of Long Hill Street when I came <laughs> to work yesterday. Because all, all I, I, saw, I thought it was like an accident when I came up. When you come up the ramp. No, the city's got a chance to make money. And there's like a line of yellow lights, like the safety lights. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, what happened up here? And then you see like one blue light and cars being towed on flatbeds. Well, you know, this is the, the this was the first time we've had a significant snowfall in a damn long time. And usually the, uh, the parking bans don't go into effect until you have some snow event coming. People just don't get used to the parking bans. And you know what? I mean, you're, you've been living in the city forever. You uh, should know that the, that if it's snowing, you got to move your car. If you illegally park during the uh, parking ban, you're looking at a $50 fine along with additional fees from the towing company. You're looking at like $250. Because I don't think that towing fee is cheap. No, it's not. Uh, blue lights at major intersections indicate a parking ban is in its place. I didn't see any of those going off yesterday. Now, how do they, how do they, I mean, I haven't had my car towed in years, but so how do they work it? So well, I can make that happen for yeah, you this morning. Yeah, that's quite all right. So it's the fine, and then don't you also have to pay to get your car back? Well, that's what I said. I said, I said it's more than $50. It's $50 just for the ticket. Yeah. But then the towing fee, 200 bucks probably at least. Oh, easily. Yeah. They don't let you get off easy on that. You know, uh, <sighs> I, I I don't I realize that not everybody has access to a driveway or a garage, and sometimes the street is really the only place you can park. Yeah, but you know there's some areas of the of the city where people not only ignore the parking bans, they'll park on both sides of a narrow street. Yeah, Fountain Street and Forest Park, perfect example. That's the one that takes you that that you know get from Dickinson to to Belmont to cut through. Yeah. People park on both sides of the street in the winter in the in the uh, winter time. You can't get through the street. No, and it's hard to get your damn car out once they plow it in because they don't. They'll plow the they'll plow your car in. I mean, they'll tow it too, but they'll yeah. plow it in first. Yeah, but if you're if you're yeah, if, if your car is encased in ice, they're just gonna leave it. Yeah, I uh, I used to live, uh, and now I I always say I can never remember the street I lived on in Springfield. But I can always remember the next street over because that's where all the crime was. Was it an Orange Street you lived was, on? I lived near Orange Street. It was Crown Street was the street behind me, and okay. uh, I, I it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um, but I remember that was like a terrace, you know, where you had. Well, I guess at the be- maybe it was at the beginning of the street. It was only at the beginning of the street you had that island that separated the road. And okay, then, then it was one one street. But people would park 
on the wrong side of the street during a snowstorm, and then they'd be, like, yelling at the tow truck guy towing the car away. It's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you knew this was in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it sucks that you got to walk a half a mile to get back to your car, but I'd rather walk a half a mile to the car than uh, have to get a taxi cab down to the tow yard. Palm Street or Claremont? Nope. No? No, it's the next one. That was, it's the one... Mansfield Street. Mansfield Street. That's, That's where I that live. Mansfield That's Street. That's where I live. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. Now I understand. So it was just it was kind of funny to watch people's cars get towed. As long as it's not yours. That's because that's well, when that, the laugh stops. Th- well, the la- uh, and again, it was like I'm kind of glad your car's getting towed because you've been blocking the thing all winter. That's when they weren't really like really enforcing it yeah. and then the one day they just like they did yesterday that they decided let's get the fleet of tow trucks out there i'd like to be a tow truck guy right now those guys are always hiring a tow truck tycoon do they have tow truck tycoons? They, they in fact they do i they, used to i used to live across the street from a tow truck tycoon you know what i would do if i was a tow truck tycoon what would you do two chicks at the same time Oh, yeah. Because I figure uh, only two chicks would want to do a guy that has uh, tow truck tycoon money. I don't know. I don't uh, I don't know if that's uh, if that's accurate. Well, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Tow truck tycoon. At one point, I lived across the street from the uh, owner and proprietor of Roy's Towing. Oh, hey, how about that? How about that? Roy's Towing. Roy's Towing. Is that here? Here. Local? Yes. Local. Yeah. Yes, in Forest Park. There's so many. Towing. He was like my next. He lived across the street. I think it was uh, it was CJ's towing that was picking up all the cars yesterday. I think that's who's got the contract. That's the they city. got the contract now. Yeah, and Roy missed out. Oh yes, he he most certainly did. Uh, two Springfield men were arrested after police found drugs during a traffic stop in Northampton Monday night, according to the Northampton Police. At around 7:40 p.m., officers stopped a car for its. Revoked registration for insurance cancellation. The driver, a 23-year-old man from Springfield, was identified as the registered owner, and the passenger was identified as a 53-year-old man from Springfield. During the investigation, officers found a large amount of suspected heroin and cocaine. The passenger was arrested without incident. However, the driver allegedly would not comply. He resisted being placed in handcuffs and continued to fight with officers trying to get back into his car. Northampton police uh, thank a tow truck driver from Ernie's Towing. See, see, this is this is this is why tow people are so important. They assisted in mm-hmm. this particular incident. In this particular case, yeah. uh, he's a hero. Yeah, the uh, tow truck driver from Ernie's Towing that saw the struggle and assisted uh, officers. You wouldn't find anybody from CJ's doing that. I don't know about CJ's, but I hope that Ernie gives this guy a little, uh, a little, uh, little boost. Additional officers arrived, and the driver was arrested. Imagine that, the tow truck guy. This is my time to shine, pal. <laughs> I'm going to take this cable with a hook on it and wrap it around your neck. <sighs> I call it the I call it the Ernie's winch. <laughs> you don't mess around with this. He's like the Mayor Dom Dom of yeah, Northampton. Right. Yeah, you don't mess around with me. Where's your AAA card, huh? I don't put you on the truck. Yeah. I carry your car on my shoulder. AAA ain't going to bail your butt out of jail tonight, is it? Police seized a loaded firearm containing 13 rounds of ammunition, over 90 grams of cocaine, over 250 uh, bags of suspected heroin, and over $2,700 in prizes, along with two scales, eight cell phones, a rifle sight, ballistic body armor, 
and all of that from inside the brand new vehicle picked up in Northampton. Come on down. Now, without going over, what is the estimated retail value of your bail? Well, the estimated retail value is $25,000. I'd like to pay $14,000. I'm sorry, that's not going to get you out of trafficking cocaine for 36 to say 100 grams or possession of a class A substance or possession of a class C substance. There you go. And then, uh, oh, and I see, this is the 22. I'm reading, get all the way down to the bottom of the story. A 22 News viewer, Robert Rooney, emailed a video of about 15 police cruisers and a fire truck surrounding a vehicle around 7 p.m. You can't even send your own crew out now. You got other people <laughs> telling you what they saw. Rooney, pardon my French. Yeah. Pardon my French. <laughs> but that's a tow truck struggle right in the middle of Northampton. <laughs> Gonna be some angry people in Northampton today. Yeah, but like, where's the follow-up detail on the story? I don't even know. You had somebody, and what was that Rooney fella doing out in the street? Oh, he probably lived nearby or was just driving by. Uh, you know, just uh, doing things. And how did Twenty Two News get a hold of that Rooney fella? Uh, what well, he sent it in. He emailed. Oh, it I the, see. To the to the report it feature. So report it will actually respond to. Listener-generated emails? Yes. Well, the reported email will respond to stimulation from a sender of an email. I see. That's how the reported gets stimulated. Do they uh, do they get uh, any extra action if you send two emails, like in a set? Maybe. Maybe you get a two-for-one. The R.C. Mahar Regional School in Orange announced Tuesday that they were notified about a social media threat that was intended to take place on Wednesday. According to a letter by the school's principal, Scott Hamlin, a student became aware of the threat Tuesday afternoon and reported it to their guardian, who then notified police. Officials said that the Orange Police Department uh, conducted an investigation, later determining that the threat was not credible. Principal Hamlin added that the school will also conduct their own investigation and the incident will be addressed in accordance with uh, school policy and procedures. Since the threat was deemed non-credible, School is going on as planned today. All right. You had a threat on a snow day. Let's see if we can get two snow days out of this. Yeah, see, that that's the worst day to phone in the threat. Is the day of a snow day? Yeah, when, when no one is there. You've already got the day off. That's when they know it's not credible. Hey, that empty school. We did something in there. Okay. What did, what did you do? Well, you got to find out. Well, there's nobody there today. Uh, maybe some janitorial staff. We'll have them look. <laughs> uh, there are a few times when it doesn't make sense to go to a car wash, like, you know, when it's raining, when you're late for work, or when you're driving a getaway car. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man in Ohio was busted a couple of weeks ago after he allegedly stole about $500 worth of merchandise from a giant Eagle supermarket, and he might have gotten away with it, too, but his getaway car... His getaway driver decided to take the car next door to get a car wash while the theft was happening, and it took longer than expected. The thief pushed the cart full of stuff over to the car wash, but they were basically trapped in the line between two other cars. In the meantime, the store had called the police, and they nabbed the men while they were still at the car wash. One was charged with theft, and the other one was charged with an outstanding warrant. It's unclear if the car ever got washed. I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. 
You might not ever get rich, but let me tell you, it's better than digging a ditch, working at the car wash. Is that uh, Rolls Royce? In fact, it is. I like how uh, she did that play on words with her name. Like, it's almost like Rolls Royce, but not quite. Not even close. Pioneer Valley forecast today. You can get your car washed. Nice rainy out there with a high of 44 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 46. Rolls Royce on the Baxter Nagle Show. It's 22 downtown Springfield. This week it's a Thunderbird. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 649 and the Eagles with Baxter Nagle on Rock 102. It's going to be rainy out there today with a high of 44. Tomorrow rainy with a high of 46. It's 22 in downtown Springfield. That'll make a nice uh, less uh, slushy uh, out there. You get some Get some of that cherry juice or some mm-hmm. of that uh, blue raspberry stuff and just spray it in the snow, and then you can eat the slushy as yeah. the rain mixes with the snow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you're not supposed to eat a lot of snow. Why not? Well, you know, there's things like acid, rain, bacteria, oh, fecal matter. Uh, yeah, any number of things can be in there. Who's getting fecal matter in the clouds? Listen, there's a reason why you don't eat the yellow snow. There's there a is. reason. There is there's a, a very reason. good reason. Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Santana is coming to the Mass Mutual Center on August 6th. And uh, Rock 102 wants to send you to the show. This week, uh, Pat Kelly's giving you a chance to win tickets to see Carlos Santana live in Springfield. For show details, visit rock102.com slash concerts from Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that. Thank you for letting me know about that. You didn't know that? You, you, didn't, no. you didn't see that one? No, I didn't That's see That's a trending that. story. <laughs> Is it a trending it story? Is, yeah, it's trending. I'm actually looking at trending stories right now. Uh, do you want to know what's trending with Rock 102 listeners right now? Uh, okay. Uh, Connor McDavid praises Bruins as best team in NHL after Oilers' loss. Or hard to argue with that. Megadeth reunites with Marty Friedman live for the first time in over two decades. This was trending yesterday as well. Still trending. It's the same trending stories from yesterday. Well, come on now. I, I, I got all kinds of things going on over here. <laughs> what do you got going on over there? Well, uh, depending on uh, what you're talking about, uh, you, uh, voters approve a new Williamstown firehouse. Well, that's uh, that's blowing oh, up. Oh, here's another one. The town of Tolland, a waterfront lifeguard position, is has a vacancy. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a big story. Uh, let's see. Uh, community news for the South Windsor edition. Uh, Road closed due to water main break in Simsbury. Listen, these are all important stories if you're if you're living in that area. Yes, like uh, the Albany DA says New York Dems spinning fiction after pulling uh, invite to bail reform. Uh, I don't even know what the hell is going on there. It doesn't matter to us. We don't live there. Well, anywho, uh, yeah, those are the things that are uh, blowing up in the internet. Um, I told you about Bronson Arroyo uh, possibly tomorrow. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we could talk about his uh, his record album, which is uh, which is fine. But uh, 
I mean, the guy was a part of the 2004 World Series Boston Red Sox. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting business right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Bronson Arroyo. Yeah, Bronson Arroyo. Hey, I, I said he sounds like Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Do we have it? Don't you have a little piece of that music, or did you already put it away? Uh, let me see here. I might have uh, it on. Uh, no, I think I got it. I think I got it. Uh, hold on. Let me get. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. I think I got it. All right. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Oh, that's explicit. Uh, okay. Here we here we go. <laughs> We've walked the streets some time ago This revolution in my soul I've got a feeling Yeah, so that's Bronson Arroyo and his band You mean Chad Kroger and Eddie Vedder? Uh, uh, stop it Oh, Yeah See, that's, uh, that's a good band right there Sure Bronson Arroyo. If you like garbage, stop it. Watch. Show a little watch, respect. Watch. Show some respect. Guy won a World Series ring for the Red Sox. Yeah. That's right. What's he doing with that ring? I'd like to know where the ring is. Does he Pro- wear it around the house? Probably sold it to buy a guitar. Hey, you know what? I don't need that stupid baseball career. I'm going to play in a band, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, we're scheduled to talk with him tomorrow. Yeah. at some point. Well, we'll see about that. You know how these things go. I don't think uh, maybe he'll be a no show. I hope not. I would like to know about the pitch clock and about his new album. Some yeah. might say. Yeah, I hope. song is he's got two balls on him what is the name of the song a gorilla warfare oh yeah yeah well yeah, is can... it gorilla like a gorilla like no, a like a like a military gorilla like a military gorilla oh, not yeah. like a not like a not like, like a, an innocent primate not like a harambe or something like that. no, no. nothing like that at yeah. all it's uh just about 655 with bax and nagel on rock 102 is i-91 ic and now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get instant savings with your Rocky's Ace Rewards card. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember when I told you the other day the Bruins were about to leap into another seven-game winning streak, their third of the season? Well, I take that back, because as of last night, they are now on an eight-game winning streak, beating Calgary 4-3 to in overtime thanks to the game-winning goal by Charlie McAvoy with just seconds remaining on the clock in overtime. Now, we can all sit here and talk about Linus Olmark and his career-high 54 saves on goal. We can talk about the two goals scored by recently acquired Dmitry Orloff. We can talk about a lot of things, but instead, I would much rather focus my time reiterating the blistering and thrilling excitement of Bruins hockey right now. For example, did you realize that on Monday, when they spanked Edmonton 3-2, they became only the only team in NHL history to beat 31 different teams in the league in a single season? All of them, including Washington, New York, Buffalo, Edmonton, Carolina, Calgary, Toronto, Tampa, Minnesota, Colorado, Nashville, 
Philadelphia, Florida, Chicago, Columbus, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Vegas, Detroit, New Jersey, Los Angeles, Seattle, and Winnipeg. The only team in the NHL where the Bruins have not beaten the season is themselves. And I don't even know if that's physically possible. Based upon the limitations of science and the obvious ethical argumentations against physically cloning an entire 23-man roster of hockey players, I would say that's probably not going to happen. But since the Bruins are just one day away from a nine-game winning streak when they host Buffalo, I'm going to predict that biological experiments and replicating strands of DNA will probably have to wait until the offseason. But until that happens, go Bruins! But hey, and of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Among the painting crowd, Rachel at the Westfield Rockies is a bit of a following. She's a rock star, an advisor in the paint department. She loves helping painting projects, good people, rock solid service. If you're painting, you gotta go see Rachel at the Westfield Rockies. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 707 in ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be rainy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 46. It's 22 in downtown Springfield. You know, that was uh, that was one of the tunes that uh, Back in Black covered on Friday night over down at MGM. Yeah. And, and we got tickets later on this hour, or later on next hour, actually. Yeah, to, they're going to be at uh, Gateway City Arts in Holyoke on the 11th yeah. of, uh, of March, and we'll have uh, tickets for you sometime before 9. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, uh, surfing around the internet the other day, uh, you know, just trying to be a jerk online all day long. <laughs> yeah, you do do that. Yeah, and uh, I always, uh, I always, uh, you know, stumble upon these things that that are old. You know, it's old news, but still uh, kind of clever mm-hmm. in, in the way they executed this. This is an old video, and I don't know where exactly this is from. I don't. It's it's. Very British, so I'm guessing it's like a a BBC type news thing that was doing a story in the United States. This is uh, when the police not not staying in you know uh, Stuart Copeland Stuart Cole, yeah, right. different, uh, but the actual police uh, sent free NFL tickets to wanted criminals just to arrest them when they arrived at the stadium. And this is going all the way back to 1985. And here's that news report. Among 3,000 wanted persons sent invitations to a party and a football match, but they didn't know that the offer to see the Washington Redskins in action had come from the police department. They're queuing for a free ticket to watch the Redskins football team, a chance few Washington people could resist, which is exactly what the local police were banking on. They'd sent out invitations to pick up tickets for yesterday's game to the last known addresses of 3,000 criminals now, now, on the run. Mind you, I just want to paint a picture of what's going on here in this video. It's like it's like being in like the lobby of a stadium, right? <laughs> okay. And there's all these people lined up, and there's all these people in tuxedos, and uh, all the people that are that are there, like the fans, have the Redskins stuff on, and they're jumping up and down. They're and there with their kids. Yeah, they're there with their families. The operation took weeks to organize. It started soon after dawn yesterday. Waiting in the wings was the SWAT team, armed policemen ready to pounce. The smiling lady gently steering this man along the corridor is a policewoman. So are the cheerleaders. Most officers carried a gun, including the Indian chief and the man who played the chicken. Claiming your free ticket was easy. All you needed was proof of identity 
which the police checked with the team upstairs. Ralph Edward Cockrell, C-O-C-K-R-I-L-I. Confirmed. Another winner, Mr. T, Mr. T. What a marvellous occasion. The lucky winners, overcome at the prospect of watching their favourite team play, waltzed off to claim their free tickets. But the master of ceremonies was a senior policeman. Wow. So they get these guys in this conference room where yeah. this like lead police officer is speaking. He's in a tuxedo. And then there's guys just sitting in rows of chairs, and then all of a sudden a SWAT team bursts in and arrests them all. <laughs> you know, but, I, I've I've heard similar stories yeah, to this I think in I, the past. I think I told you my the, the guy I knew that this happened to. I worked with this guy years ago when I worked at, at the, the Choo Choo at, at the railroad up in up in Worcester when I you know worked there when I was like maybe 19 or so. And there was this guy Roger. Now, Roger talked like this all the time. See, Roger was kind of annoying. Yeah, okay. And Roger was uh, sitting there one night uh, telling us, uh, telling the rest of the guys that are working in the office uh, that he uh, once had like a Leon. No, no. He had a fishing fine, a fine for fishing, okay. illegal fishing from back in like 1985. <laughs> it's now, you know, 15 years later, 1999, right? Sure. And uh, this guy has this fishing violation, you know, probably a probably a twenty five dollar ticket at the time, which has now uh, turned into a warrant out for this man's arrest. Like that's that's how that happens. And those things, like they get issued all the time, so people don't even know that they have them. Like you might not even get a notification that you got a warrant out for your arrest. Yeah, that kind of thing. So he tells me, yeah, you know, uh, one time. Uh, I got a letter in the mail saying I won $5,000 from some sweepstakes. And then so he like he takes the instructions of this thing and he and it's at some it's at this like bougie uh, uh, banquet house on Webster Lake, right? Okay. And what they were doing, it was the same type of thing. They they all dressed up and you know, you know, they had the people they'd send out notices to people saying, Hey, you won this five grand, come on down. So this guy gets dressed up in a suit, his wife puts on a dress, he gets the kids all dressed up, they go down to this banquet hall. <laughs> Probably rushing yeah. the kids out because they're yeah. afraid to be late. Yeah, and this and this dipstick <laughs> standing there with the note in his hand going, I won five thousand dollars, where can I get it? Well come on, sir. And what they were doing was they were taking you we're gonna just take you downstairs for a few pictures. And they go downstairs, and while you're down there, that's when they arrest you, take your mugshot, put you in a boat, and take you across to the Webster Police Department yeah. on the other side of the lake. Oh, and by the way, that $5,000 check, we'll just apply that to your $15,000 yeah. bail. How come uh, How come we don't see more of this anymore? I don't know. I mean, is it is it technically entrapment? It's not really, in, is it really, well, let's see. No, it's probably not, because you're not catching. Entra that, entrapment, that you're, isn't entrapment you're making somebody commit a crime? You're making, yeah, you're making someone so, commit a crime. So this isn't entrapment, because you're just telling, you're lying to people. You're telling people that you've won a prize, but I don't think there's really anything legal about that. See, I've, I've heard stories where it's actually the other way around. Like, someone will, win, someone will be sent tickets to an event, like a... You know, a, a play or a, a ball game or whatever yeah. it may be, and you'd go and you'd 
You go to the event, and uh, meanwhile, while you're away from the house, yeah. your your home's getting ransacked by a yeah. bunch of guys with moving vans clearing the damn place out while you're away. Right. And meanwhile, this guy is telling me afterwards, yeah, I saw my wife crying on the dock with my two kids standing there watching me float away <laughs> over a $50 fishing fine. It's not even like, see, that's the thing. It's like even the smart, because, <laughs> you know, they, they have a list of, like, all the people who were arrested. And I said, well, who, were there other, like, hardened criminals there? And he's like, now, there was like another guy there that was arrested with me. He had a lien on his property from 1972. You know, like that's the kind of thing because people, do, the hardened criminals, the ones that they're really after, you yeah. know, the, the ones that have, you know, bail violation, drug violations, all that stuff, they're smart enough not to go, yeah, this this is a setup. Like this, this letter. There's right. no free money. Yeah, those those are the intelligent criminals. Right. It's your low hanging fruit. They're yeah. like, listen, we just won five grand. Everybody, hop in the family truckster. We're going. It's like it's the guy like Roger, watching his family <laughs> cry as he's arrested and taken across the lake. You know, if you just, I don't know about you, if I just received random tickets in the mail. Yeah. I would in in at this point in my life, I would automatically assume it's some sort of scam. Oh like yeah, absolutely. like there's something's not right about it. Even if it were, they were legitimate tickets, I probably wouldn't use them. You know what? That's a, probably a good question for Steve Weissman. Why don't they do these things anymore? Because because people because mail has become such a scam now. Like, yeah, that you, maybe you would maybe you have less people falling for that type of thing because the advancements in phishing, p h i s. Well, they, but you also have the situation where you send tickets to somebody and the guy that is supposed to be arrested say, well, I can't use them. I'll just give them to my brother. Yeah. Or give them to a, a friend of mine, next door neighbor. And they get arrested because they yeah, assume the it's you. The neighbor gets arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be kind of funny. That, is that really, would be kind of really hilarious. Yeah, that would be hilarious. But uh, I, I thought that was kind of amusing to yeah. see the old days of how they used to arrest criminals. Oh, man, that's that takes you back. You but know, on the other hand, can you just, I mean, I could just imagine, you know, your kids are, are whining. You got to get out of the house. Yeah. You know how it is to get your kids ready for, for like a, like an appointment that yeah. starts at a certain time. Right. If we're late, we're going to miss it. If you're, if we are just the two seconds late, you're going to miss dad being hauled away in a paddy wagon. Or, Do you want to miss that kind of or thing? Or winning $5,000. <laughs> or tickets to the Washington Redskins. Either way, it's memories for a lifetime. I just, you know, I, I, I found it amusing, though, in this particular video of, like, how, how like, into it these cops got. Like, you, see, I mean, you heard them, like, cheering yeah. and clapping. They were, like, acting like little cheerleaders on the side. They're all detectives. Because they're, they're excited. They're excited about when the arrests are going to come down. Yay! You're going to get arrested. That's what, I'm, <laughs> that's what I would have been doing. Like, you're going to get screwed, pal. Well, there you go. There you have it. It's uh, 718 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 724. And you too with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today and tomorrow with a high of 44. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, oh, here's a here's a little uh, something for you. A little nugget, if uh, you will. Yes. <clears throat> uh, believe it or not, there's a whole other side to classic rock, and you can join me each week at uh, Baxi's Musical Podcast. We sit down with some of the uh, greatest legends in rock, 
new wave, alternative metal, punk, even talk to producers, authors, and record executives, and up-and-coming artists as well. Uh, members of the police, the Talking Heads, the Violent Femmes, the Sex Pistols, Devo, the Go-Go's, and more. This week, I'm uh, talking to Gina Shock of the Go-Go's, the, uh, the drummer for the most successful fem- all-female band of all time. It's Backstage Musical Podcast at rock102.com or wherever you stream podcasts from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. BuzzFeed's got this uh, list out this morning uh, from social media where people are talking about the little things that make them irrationally angry. Okay. Like you're getting upset about something uh, small. Sure. And you know what, though? After reading this uh, little uh, survey here, uh, we are not a divided country. As much as anybody will make you think that, we are really not. Here's the best ones. You ready? I'm ready. When the motion sensor on a paper towel dispenser doesn't work. God, that annoys me. I just want to punch that thing. Uh, when people speed up when you signal a lane change. Yeah, that happened to me the other day, and I don't like it. No, I don't like that either. People yeah. are driving like jerks, man. Like I had to, uh, I had to uh, go to a doctor's appointment, uh, thirty-three hundred Main. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to get off a of ninety-one, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make that that switch over to the left, and all those people merging on. Yeah, they I, they can see my lights, they can see my my blinker, and yet they uh, completely ignore the fact I got to get over there. Well, you got screwed. I, t- oh, I almost got screwed. Oh. Made it within like you know half a second. You didn't have to go all the way up to 391 and then oh, come back gee, down North Main no. Street? No, I didn't have to do that. Uh, people who BS an answer instead of admitting they don't know something. Hmm. I wish I knew somebody like that. I'd find that to be an annoying I, personal I trait. I would never know somebody who would like that. I have no idea what you're nah, talking I'm about. I'm saying, saying. Sometimes it's okay to say... I don't know. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm. I don't know why I'm looking at you like that. I don't. I don't like your tone. I don't know why it's, I'm insinuating that it might be you that I'm talking about. I have. Why I have given you no reason to th- feel that way. Uh, headphone cords getting snagged and yanking you and what it's caught on. This is a uh, yeah, that can be aggravating. This is how I broke a twenty five hundred dollar MacBook. <laughs> Because it was still plugged into the headphone jack. And you decided to walk away. I walked away with it in my hand, thinking that it was free, and uh-huh. it was not, and yes. it snagged it out of my hand, and then smashed it down on the ground. Thank God for insurance. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be enough to start throwing punches. Uh, people who don't pick up after their dogs. Uh, well, I mean, I listen, I don't see that very often and I, I don't even pay attention to what the dogs are doing. It's fertilizer. It's a biodegradable, yeah. uh, it, you know, substance. Unless they, you know, unless like a, you know, they ate a piece of plastic and now you got plastic in your yard. Right. Well, but, uh, social media pranks that are just people wasting food. Uh, I don't really, no, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. I had a problem with that kid uh, a few years ago. It was right before the pandemic, before everybody was looking for paper towels and toilet paper and all that stuff. This kid decided, let's see how many rolls of paper towels it it takes to suck up all the water in a swimming pool. Oh, yeah, Remember this kid? I do remember that. And then it obviously didn't work because that's not how science works, you know, by putting- He's only ruining the pool. He didn't even ruin the pool. He just ruined a bunch of uh, paper towels that, could, and then he would, you know, you see him throwing them into a dumpster at the end of it. It's see, like, I find that to be that's science. That's a waste, is what that it is. may be. But how do you know whether, in fact, uh, like you're, 
your paper towels are the quicker picker upper. I don't know. The only way to tre- test it is to really test it. Uh, when uh, people tell you to do something as you're already doing it. Yeah, I don't like that. No. Uh, how about the buzzing of a fly's wings? Actually, I kind of like that sound. Uh, you do? Really? It gives me, gives me a peace and tranquility. It doesn't do it for me. Uh, when you take a bite of a sandwich and all the fixings slip out the back. I hate that. Yeah, I'm unhappy about that. Unless you're like, that's the worst when you're like trying to eat and drive. When you're eating and and you got to like wear the wear the wrapping of the sandwich yeah. on your lap as like a like you ever, ever get like a big giant burrito and you take like one bite and then all of a sudden the burrito falls apart? Yes. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah, that's, that's why you got to go to a Chipotle where they know how to pack their burritos. And uh, How do you know that's not what I'm talking about? Finally, when people talk in baby voices. Oh, I don't like that at all. Did you? <laughs> I like it less when it's directed to me. I hate people who talk like that. I like know. to other adults. I, if you're with a kid, that's fine. You're talking like a like a baby. You're down you're to the, talking, you're down to their level, but yeah. as an adult, you yeah. know, who wants to go get some drinks this weekend? I do. You know, it's like that adult type of behavior that you, that nobody likes. It's like I'm annoyed when people refer to us as boys. Yes. You know, Hello, boys. Or like, ooh, it's it's the bad boys. Oh, it, like. Yeah. Listen, I'm a 56-year-old man taking statins and uh, uh, you know, for my high cholesterol. I'm not really a boy anymore. I, or when people refer to us as shock jocks. Yeah, I, I'd yeah. almost take that over bad boys. We had a shock jock in here yeah. for six months. Yeah, it was I'm shocking a- that he was even here. <laughs> <laughs> it's 7.30. News is next. Ta-da! On Rock 102. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it is time for news, and here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, Northampton police arrested two men Monday night after a routine vehicle stop on King Street. The 23-year-old male driver and the 53-year-old male passenger were both from Springfield. Officers located a loaded gun with ammunition, 90 grams of suspected cocaine, over 250 uh, bags of suspected heroin, over $2,700 in cash, two scales, eight cell phones, a rifle sight, and ballistic body armor, all to be won on the prize's ride. Estimated retail value of defending yourself in court, $25,000. Come on down! Eh. You know, there's something weird about... You know, we talk about Leonardo DiCaprio dating, you know, he's, what, almost 50 and he's dating 19-year-olds? Yeah. There's something weird about a 23-year-old and a 53-year-old hanging out together Um, as as friends. Yeah, as buddies. I mean, I get that. Uh, But also, you know, when they share the same, like, core values for, like, committing crimes. Yeah. It's always been my belief that these kinds of crimes really kind of are a young man's game. I mean, yeah. if you're in your 50s and you haven't moved up on the corporate ladder of your drug trade, yeah, that says a lot about you. It says quite a bit about yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're working on the street level at that age. I mean, I realize ageism is uh, is against you, but I'd like to think you're at least a, a regional director or something. Something like that. Something. Yeah. So you know, some initiative. A uh, Southampton home was unfortunately destroyed after a massive fire caused it to burn to the ground. When the uh, 22 News crews arrived at 79 Maple Street, they could see uh, the home was just about gone. 
According to the Southampton Police, all Southampton firefighters responded. No word if there were any injuries. And uh, 22 News will continue to update uh, the story as more information becomes available, though that was 1030 last night. So what's the deal? I don't uh, I don't really know. All I know is that uh, for whatever reason, I tried to, <clears throat> uh, you know, Google. Yeah. And then there's a picture of Southampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, showing like uh, <clears throat> skyscrapers. <laughs> I don't know what, what? the Internet what? is uh, is doing that here. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Cause I believe it or not, Southampton does not have skyscrapers. You know, here's something that came out last week, and we didn't obviously get a chance to talk about it because we weren't here. Uh, two entrepreneurs in Waitley are looking to strip down their existing business model and reimagine it to provide what would be a unique offering in the state's competitive cannabis industry. The owners of Club Castaway, or Porn in the Corn as we know it here, mm-hmm. uh, a strip club, have plans to transform their business into a topless cannabis dispensary, making uh, for a potential standout in the state's multi-billion dollar legal industry. Uh, the market is very saturated. There are a lot of operators, and everyone is offering the same experience. That's Nick Spignola of the uh, told the Business Journal. This is definitely a way to stand out while also keeping in the spirit of business, keeping the spirit of business alive. According to the outlet, the club initially shut down for the COVID nineteen pandemic in March of 2020, and has so far not reopened. What a tragedy! How are people in that t- county supposed to come down, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> naked ladies dancing on stage? Yeah, but I think this is a creative use of that space. I really do. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, butts and buds. Butts and buds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Boobs and buds. Boobs and buds. All right, what was it? Uh, skank and stank and skank and dank. Like dank <laughs> weed. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else could you do? Uh, well, there's a- uh, Flower and showers. There's you the- could do that. <laughs> And every 28 days, you have weed and bleed. All right. That was that. Now you're just now. That's, what are you talking uh, about? That's uh, really. I have no idea what you're talking about. A topless uh, dispensary is indeed novel in Massachusetts, a state that now boasts over 200 clothes dispensaries. I like how they describe that. The other 200 are clothed. Now, um, because I haven't been in a lot of uh, dispensaries to uh, to know this for sure, mm-hmm. uh uh, I mean, if you're trying to buy a certain product, say, for example, uh, a, a good sleepy sativa mm-hmm. you know, you're looking for. That would be an indica. A sativa would keep you awake. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. like in the, uh, in the, uh, right. in the indica. couch. In yeah. the couch, yeah. in the bed. Right. That's right. Okay. Uh, I'm buying, I'm looking for that. But uh, as the consumer, are you focused on what you're buying or are you then focused on who you're buying it from? Mm, maybe it's who you're buying it from. Mm, see yeah. that I then you could easily make mistakes. Yeah, because somebody could be suggesting something to you that might not be of good quality, and you're buying it just because a stripper told you to. Or on the other hand, if they really kind of make it like a, like a real strip club, where yeah. the bartender says, "Would you like to buy the lady a drink? Uh, would you like to buy extra tinctures from the lady?" I just yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I want that kind of sales being done to me. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, you know, uh, let's say D- Ginger comes out there uh, on a Tuesday afternoon, 
you know, got the big C-section scar. Right. Missing a couple of toes. Well, she is in Waitley. And uh, <laughs> eat greatly in Waitley. <laughs> um, <laughs> she comes out. You know, yeah. She stumbles out onto the stage. And then uh, right in the middle of that uh, that heat of passion when you're watching the the blossoming flower right yes. there in front of you. Right. Uh, I can hear you go, hey, baby, we got Buy five, get three free joints for sale. Who wants some of this dank stank? <laughs> Would you like to buy weed in the VIP room? Yeah, there's no sex in the champagne room, but we have BOGO on vapes today. <laughs> a two for one. This strain's called effed at a strip club because it costs $60 for one joint. <laughs> Just like a lap dance. Yeah, see, that's the thing. When I was, uh, when I was uh, a ripe young man at the age of 18, yeah. I, uh, I lived with my brother and his friends down in New Jersey. And, I would, uh, and uh, you know, he'd get me like jobs with his friends. Uh, you know, this is like summer job kind of stuff. I'd be sure. moving furniture, things like landscaping, things like that. And then uh, the one I had all this money. I was making like ten bucks an hour. This was back in the mid nineties. I said ten bucks an hour. Ten, it was like that's bet serious cash. Ten bucks an hour under the table. So you got you know you work eight hours. You got eighty bucks in your pocket at the end of the day. That's gold to a to a seventeen eight or eighteen year old kid. Eighteen right. years. Well, I was eighteen. I go. I said, you know what? I got enough money now. How about I go into New York City for the day? Because all you had to do was hop the train, and you were there in twenty five minutes. Sure. Right? So I hopped the train, and I was walking down the streets of Broadway, and I, uh, this is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, like a Thursday or something. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm walking out, and I see this strip club called Runway 69. Oh, right. And uh, the guy says there's a, like a doorman out there, like dressed you know, with the hat with the, and with the, the, hat coat, and the long like, coat. Like, like, he was at, <laughs> like he was at the Waldorf Astoria, right? Would you like to come in? It's buy one, get one free drinks. And I said, uh, I don't think I'm old enough. And he's like, come on in. He didn't even check an ID or anything. And I think I think it's 18 that you can actually go in the clubs. But they served me a drink. I ordered a drink. Wow. And they, yeah. And then, uh, like, this, this I'm watching the show, if you will. <laughs> and then this. Being uh, highly entertained. This other, uh, like, uh, lady of the lady of the evening comes over, uh-huh. sits down next to me, and then uh, starts talking to me. Ah, oh, you look like one of my old boyfriends. You know, that kind of, you know, uh, that yeah, kind of sure talk. And then, uh, like, I'm, I'm just this nervous, nervous kid because, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I am going to get screwed out of all this money I got in my pocket. <laughs> I will give her yeah. anything she wants and, at this point. She describes to me, like, would you like to get a private dance? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. How much is a private? I didn't. I had no idea. It was the first time I was like, like in one of these places. Right. And uh, she starts breaking down the price structure. She's like, it's like $50 for the first seven minutes, $100 for the second seven minutes, and $50 for a third seven minutes. Okay. Right, and I'm like, I'm not spending that that kind of money. Here. Yeah. And then, uh, and then a, a a waitress comes over and says, "Would you like to buy the lady a drink?" That was the first time I learned, do not no. say yes. I would like to buy the lady a drink. The, the 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 lady doesn't need a drink. She's already quite hydrated. That drink was twenty dollars. 
20 bucks. And this is when you were 18? 18 years old. Wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago, and that was a lot of money then. And I had to cough up the 20 bucks because you don't know whether or not your body parts are going to be found out behind (laughs) runway 69. (laughs) You know? Harvested it in bags. Yeah. That was was my experience at the club. Now, had they had cannabis there back in the day, I might have stayed and spent a little extra money. Yeah, but imagine how much more you'd spend in that place. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like, you don't, you know that if they do this, there's going to be people outside smoking it. And the whole, like, it's, you're not going to be able to tell which is the, the bad smell coming from. Is it coming from everybody burning outside or the burning going on with the pussy cats running around on the stage? That's what you got to figure out. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be rainy with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 46. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 740, 750. Let's just put it that way. With Queen, with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Well, what is it? 749 it's, or it, 750? No, it's now 750. All right. Well, it's going to be uh, rainy t- eventually today. The sun is out right now, but uh, that'll go away. And then a high of 44. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 46. It is 22 right now in downtown Springfield. We're about an hour away from uh, giving you a little uh, chance at uh, winning tickets to see Back in Black. They're going to be at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. On March 11th, and uh, that is coming up just before 9 o'clock today. How's about that? How about that? You ready to rock and roll? Oh, uh, yes, I'm ready. Well, we don't have any rock and roll. We just have sound clips. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. You know what today is? Wednesday? Well, yes, but it's a very special Wednesday. Do you know why? No. Because it's the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's iconic 1973 album, The Dark Side of the Moon. Do you consider the song Money to be a blues tune? Here's Roger Waters. He says that's how it started. There you go. I would have remembered writing money as a sort of very bluesy thing. Money. Demo. It's not like that at all. It's all very kind of prissy and very English. All right. Okay, so he's uh, re-recording the entire Dark Side of the Moon album. Yeah. Uh, without any of the uh, other members of Pink Floyd, you know, no, no David Gilmore, no Mick Nason. Uh, well, that's yeah. pretty much it. But he's not doing it with them. He's doing this uh, on his own because he thinks people may have misinterpreted uh, the one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Well, so, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, leave leave it alone, um, Raj. This is uh, this is from that prep service I was telling you about the other day, yeah. right? And uh, it, there's a here's a suggestion. Here's a suggestion. Ask listeners how many times they bought it on album, CD, download, all three. Does anyone have the stickers and posters that came with the original release? Do you? Actually, I do. You do have the stickers and the posters? Yes, I got the stickers and the posters. Ah, see, we would have had hours and hours of conversation uh, but, to, but, to uh, do uh, film. Yeah, no. Uh, clip number two comes from a uh, Facebook uh, user who sent us this video. This is uh, 
I don't know. This is Canadian television, it looks like. Think so. CH, C, CHTV. Anyway, they're interviewing this guy about how January hit us uh, really hard, and this guy is named Dino, who's being interviewed on the streets. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them. Tall boys. Tall boys? Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Regular day, I don't know, maybe a couple beers, depends. Weekends, maybe, you know, five beer. Okay. Two drinks a week. What do you think of that? Well, that's just not uh, feasible, not in this country. Well, come on, man, two drinks a week, what's that going to do for you? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable <laughs> amount, if you're, I mean, if you're at home, you should be able to have, like, uh, four beer. That's just, uh, that ain't, that's just two more. I mean, I'll have six. <laughs> But four is a fair number. But there shouldn't even be guidelines anyway. Why are you going to tell me how much I can drink at home? Well, I guess the idea is, would you be concerned that you're at a higher health risk if you're drinking too? No. That's the, the main point here is, why are they telling me what I can drink at home? What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? He's got a point yeah, there. He's not wrong. Yeah, four he's not beers wrong. is a lot healthier than This information about the new guidelines isn't going to change your it, It's heartbreaking, and I can't even believe it. Rock and roll! <laughs> yeah, rock and roll, he says. He's, that's the kind of guy you want to hang out with on yeah. a weekend. Yeah. yeah. Come on, I got the dirty pack. Let's go, guys. Come on, you had 28 beers. The least you could do is tap two more. Just two more. Just two more. We can get through it. Come on, guys. Listen, start with one. Finish that. Have the other. You finish the full 30 pack mm. uh moving on to the next clip you yes, ready i'm ready a 20 something year old nanny who has trouble keeping track of the three children she watches doesn't sound like a very good nanny has a great idea for a family phone that would help everyone stay in touch the nine-year-old has an ipad so i tried to call her on it she didn't have it with her so the 12 year old just got his own phone so i called him and i was like go tell your sister and of course he was annoyed they need to come up with like a phone that's for the whole family that stays in the house. So if you need any person in the house, you can call that phone. Like it's not one person's number, it's just the whole family. For this phone, let's attach it to a cord, maybe like stick it on the wall so that if there's an emergency, we can always find mm. it. It can't leave the house. If you're like a developer of stuff, reach out because we think it's an awesome idea and maybe a moneymaker. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I think that somebody can't be, like, this is fake. Like, how, how could you somebody be that silly coming up with an idea that has existed since uh, right, Alexander but, Graham Bell? But think about it. Yeah, well, how old is this woman? She's 20-something. Let's say she's just 20. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. She's probably never seen a phone attached to a wall with a cord. Yeah, you're probably right about that. All I she's think. ever seen is cell phones or wireless phones. I can't remember the last time I had a land. Well, I had a landline when I moved into my house, and I had this like old phone. Yeah, and I, I don't. I got rid of it because I don't need the phone line anymore. I don't remember the last time I had a phone that had a cord on it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the handset, other than the ones here at work. You're talking about like early to mid '90s. Since the last time I had to, I couldn't go further than five feet away from the from the wall. Yeah. Because I have no idea how good you got it. Uh, moving on to our final clip. Ozzy Osbourne says the media exaggerated his tour cancellation announcement. Uh, here's what he said about uh, touring and his current health. I mean, I, I looked in a magazine that Ozzy's on his last legs. I'm not 
dying. Come on, guys. Haven't, haven't had it bad enough already? The, the doctor said to me today, oh, you can tour. It would take another six months to get it together, you know. Still in constant pain. I, I, I stood, did the best I can to stand away from the pain medication, but there are times when I go, I've got to take something. Are you sure that's what he said? I believe he uh, he also said, uh, please pick me up off the floor. I haven't moved in six weeks. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, Eddie Vedder yeah. comes in and goes, Oh, how's <laughs> And then Bob Dylan walks in and says, Hey, the man, hey, hey, And Gordon Leib was, And that is what we call Now Hear This. It is 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and Billy Squire with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny right now, but it's going to be rainy later on today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rain all day with a high of 46. It's uh, 22 right now in downtown Springfield. Sometime this hour, your chance of winning back in black tickets. They're going to be at uh, Gateway City Arts in Holyoke on the 11th. We'll tell you more about uh, that uh, sometime before 9. Uh, I love uh, I love getting into Reddit. Reddit's got so much good stuff to offer. And I discovered this one uh, recently, the Pro Revenge. You ever hear of that one? No. Yeah, this is a good one. This is people getting back at other people for doing stuff to them. Oh, I like that. Uh, this one is, my boss stole my Super Bowl tickets, so I made him lose a major client. All right? <laughs> All right. Uh, this was posted about a month ago, so, you know. It was more in line probably with the Super Bowl and the playoffs. With the NFL playoffs back on, I thought you might all enjoy this football-related revenge story. I'm a huge 49ers fan, the rabbit all-day tailgate in the parking lot type of 49ers fan. A few years ago, we made it uh, back to the Super Bowl. I was working at a consulting firm with a handful of accounts I w- would interact with directly. One client in particular knew how big of a Niners fan I was. I was the day-to-day lead on his account. He really liked working with me, and we became friends Often grabbing drinks or dinner after our meetings, he had access to a pair of extra company seats to the game, and as a thank you, wanted to give them to me as a gift. He passed the tickets over to the partner on that account, who I will refer to as D-Head Partner, to be given uh, as a surprise, mm-hmm. right? To be given to him as a surprise. Right. The uh, That game came and went. We lost. It sucked. The next time we met, we went for a few drinks afterward, and he mentioned, hey, 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 why didn't you go to the game? I heard someone else was in your seats. And he goes, what game? And he's, or I said, what game? And he goes, the Super Bowl. Confused, I answered, I didn't have seats to the Super Bowl. He told me that he gave D-Head Partner a pair of his company tickets for me so I could go and attend the game. I had zero idea what he was talking about. He looked shocked told me to quietly ask around about it and get back to him. When I was back at the office the next week, I found out through one of the secretaries that the D-head partner had given a pair of Super Bowl tickets to another one of his clients as a gift from our company. Ah. And these tickets were supposed to be shared between the D-head partner and this guy? The tickets were supposed to be given to this person telling the story as a surprise. Oh, what a D-head. So the guy, instead of giving it to him as a surprise, says, you know, I'm giving them to another client. I might have let this sort of thing go to keep the peace under different circumstances, but these were seats on the 30-yard line to oh, see the effing 49ers Christ. play in the Super Bowl. I was t- 
ticked off. I considered confronting D head partner myself, but realized it was the client who had noticed I wasn't there in the first place. So if I let him handle it, there will be no blowback on me. So I texted him, hey, just wanted to thank you so much for thinking of me with those seats. It appears they were given to another one of our firm's clients. He texted back right away in all caps, are you effing kidding me? And then uh, pretend I never told you, let me handle it. That's what this guy says. Okay. He followed up with me about formulating a plan. A few days later, we were asked to come down for a meeting in their office. The client requested the partner be present. Not entirely unusual, so D head partner and I hopped a flight the next week and headed over to their office. Little did D head partner know, my client had orchestrated a wonderfully awkward little show to catch him red-handed. When we entered the conference room, it was all the usual suspects, along with a woman in her 30s we didn't recognize. My client immediately introduces D head partner, this is Stephanie, Stephanie such so-and-so, VP from some other department. She wanted to sit in on this meeting. Uh, you guys uh, must already know her from the Super Bowl. Oh! Oh, snap. She then responds as she goes to shake my hand. Oh, I don't think so. Did we meet there? I'm sorry if I forgot. <laughs> and the client responds, geez, Steph, how much have you had to drink? They were sitting right next to you. And the client looks at me and I say, sorry, uh, client, I was not there. Are you thinking of someone else? At this point, D-head partner is looking visibly uncomfortable, probably trying to come up with another excuse. He starts with a, uh, and when Stephanie says over him, no, so-and-so from the other company were in the other seats. By the way, I was wondering why we gave company seats to those guys. Is there a project we're working on with them that I don't know about? Uh-oh, this is getting ugly. Uh, D-head partner lets out a, uh, again, and client immediately speaks over him, uh, asking, uh, did I get, I, uh, D-head partner, I gave you those tickets, right? At this point, the D-head partner is turning bright red. He responds, oh, uh, well, he wasn't able to make it, so he must have given the seats away to someone else, and turns to me looking for, to cover for him, and the client smirks at me. <laughs> I respond, uh, what are you talking about, client? You gave me tickets to the Super Bowl? And then the client suddenly raises his voice. D-head partner, those tickets were a personal thank you gift from me to him. Did you give them away to someone else? Was it another client? D-head partner butts in with, oh, um, uh, maybe uh, something got mixed up at the office. Uh-huh. The client went uh, for what probably... Yeah, because they were sorting through all yeah. so many Super Bowl tickets. Right. The client went uh, quiet for what probably seemed like an eternity to D-head partner. He then looked down, grabbed his portfolio and iPad, put them into his briefcase and said, I think this meeting is over. Uh, me. Uh, he's referring to this guy. It seems as if I owe you a thank you gift. Let's go do lunch. Stephanie, you're welcome to join D-Head Partner. I need you to evaluate our relationship. Please go back home and expect to hear from us from next week. Right? <laughs> D-Head Partner suggests he yeah. would like to join, presumably to do damage control. And Stephanie, Stephanie sternly tells him, I don't think that's a good idea. And asks the front desk to see D-Head Partner out. As soon as he's in the elevator, we all break out laughing hysterically. <laughs> Stephanie wasn't really a VP. She was just an employee at the company who the client had drafted into helping with this pre-planned skit. Uh, but she did end up coming to lunch with us and uh, was a fellow Niners fan and had a total blast hanging out with her. <laughs> On our way to the restaurant, I got a desperate text from D-head partner saying I needed to cover for the firm and that we could discuss things when I got back. I replied, yes, we need to talk, but I'll see what I can do. Client told me to wait a couple hours and then respond to him. To expect invoices, uh, 
to respond this to him. To expect invoices for the resale value of the Super Bowl tickets. Resale is way above face value. It was right. over $10,000. As well as our lunch. He picked a pricey spot and made a big show of overspending. And that he expected them to be paid immediately. Uh, and also expected that I be given a direct apology and expected a written apology f- to his company for what he considered theft and for, oh, he will only a- interact with me uh, or another one of our firm's partner and never a uh, D-head partner ever again. Nice. Yeah. The whole thing caused a stir with the other partners, and I actually came off looking great because it appeared that I had made a good faith effort to save the client for the firm despite the victim being in this situation. The client would transfer to another partner, which meant... D-head partner lost his profit share on any work with them. Oh, and the other partners uh, in the firm made D-head partner pay their invoices back out of his salary. That's great. In retrospect, I really have no idea what the guy was thinking. Did he seriously believe the client would just not notice me and thanking him for the Super Bowl tickets? Well, the only thing I can think of is this guy received the tickets and didn't bother to read any note that was with it that said this is for... You know, these tickets are earmarked for this guy. Yeah. And just assumed it was for him. Yeah. But, I mean, if there's a note attached, you should probably read it before taking advantage of the tickets. Uh, it says, client the client ultimately terminated their relationship with the firm a year later. He actually now works with a good friend of mine at a competing firm. I'm still really upset I missed out on the Super Bowl, even though we lost. Hoping we make it back the, this year or next so I can finally go to one in person. Go Niners! <laughs> What a jerk. Yeah. But you know what? That's like, that's perfect to get that kind of revenge on somebody who really screwed you over. I mean, it's a pretty elaborate revenge story. When you yeah. think about I mean, it, it involves a, 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 you know, a plane flight. Yeah. It, it involves a yeah. you know, lunch. It involves yeah, phonying up this, a, this, a, a whole scenario. This wasn't like somebody from driving from East Longmeadow to downtown Springfield. This was flying across the country to see this guy, <laughs> just to see the look on his face to say, hey, by the way, you're a jerk for stealing these tickets. That's, That's awesome. It is pretty awesome. So uh, pro revenge, if you're ever looking on uh, on Reddit. It's uh, 818 with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank from... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 825 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be uh, sunny this morning and then clouds start to move in with some rain showers this afternoon and a high of 44 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 46. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, a chance that tomorrow we'll be talking to a former Red Sox pitcher from the uh, 2004 World Series, Bronson Arroyo. His uh, band has got a new album, and we'll be talking to him about that and about the Red Sox and about the pitch clock and uh, and what have you. Yeah, I know you haven't played the game in like 10 years, but uh, what do you think about that pitch clock? Yeah, I mean, he's in his uh, late 40s now, so uh, I'm sure he's got a thing or two I remember, to say. Was he that good of a – he was a pitcher, right? Was yeah, he a pitcher? Well, how yeah. good of a pitcher was he? Uh, he was, I think, the number five starter for the uh, the Red Sox in two thousand four. Five. I know they yeah. still went to the World Series. Still won it. He was, yeah, you know, he was a solid pitcher. Yeah, yeah, he was good. All right. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not, he's you know Pedro Martinez. He's no uh, you know Roger Clemens or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, a good, good solid pitcher. He's no David Wells. Uh, David Wells didn't play for Boston. Oh, he didn't. No. I don't think we would have wanted. Him. Oh no! I was. Uh, you're the you're Roger Clemens. You said that. Yeah, Roger, Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens was the one that was the Red Sox, and then he went to the Yankees. 
to screw everybody over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But and I'm glad they, he screwed over your team and then, rather than my team. And then there was a trainer who said, you know what? I'm going to take this steroid needle and this can and keep it for the day when they bring me in front of Congress and I have to tell everybody that Roger Clemens shot this into his left buttock. Who keeps stuff like that around the house? I don't know. You know but, what I mean? the, but see, to me, those are those are good yeah. baseball memorabilia items. Absolutely, that's the yeah. kind of stuff you want to collect. Yeah, you know, nobody wants that bloody sock from Kurt Schilling. I want the needle that was shoved in Roger Clemens' left cheek. <laughs> Listen, this is the exact hypodermic needle that went into the yeah. into the belly tissue of. The great Rafael Palmero. Ooh, and what about uh, what about uh, Mark uh, uh, McGuire? Mark McGuire. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, you should see the needle collection we have from that guy. This is the exact tube of testosterone that was rubbed on the balls of the feet of Sammy Sosa. Yes. Why does he have cork walls in his house? <laughs> All walls are made of cork. It's 828 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News. 30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, they're reminding you to make sure you clean the snow off your car. That's today's story. That, that shouldn't have been, been yesterday's story? It could have been, uh, uh, well, it was posted nine hours ago, so that would have been yesterday. <laughs> Actually, we were driving up to Hadley the other day, yeah. uh, last weekend, and you know how it, it snowed just like a little bit on like a Saturday morning, Sunday yeah. morning, and uh, we're driving up on 91, and this is about, say, we're like right before the the uh, the Chicopee Curve, and this big, giant sheet mm-hmm. of, of icy snow comes Holy off the sheet. roof yeah. of a car probably about 200 yards away from us, and you think there wasn't a lot of traffic, but this thing you know, comes up. Yeah. Into the sky, does a couple of tra- you know a couple of twists, and then dismounts right there in the middle of uh, I ninety one, and and the two of us are in the car going, holy yeah. crap! Yeah, th- that's a that's a dangerous uh, snow killer. It's a projectile that could go right through your windshield. Well, you know, it comes down hard. Yeah. It could smash a windshield, and it could scare you enough. We all of a sudden now you're talking about a 15 car pile up on 91. Do you want to be responsible for that? All because you were too lazy to clean out the top of your car. Oh, I don't understand why people don't do that. I don't know, man. And I have uh, I have that snow Joe thing now. I got another the, one. The snow broom. Yeah, my remember the one I uh, I think I lent it to the guy down the hall here. Oh, that guy. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure he took it because he never returned it. No, I don't think he returned. I don't know where it is. You know, usually when I, you know I have an item like that, yeah, it's in one of the two cars. Like I don't like typically put it anywhere else. Sure. And the last time I remember using it, I remember there being snow, and I I lent it to him, and then I never saw it again. Well, why don't you go across the hall and ask him for it? Oh, you know what? Sometimes things are just better left alone. It's just a snow, Joe. Maybe you need to get a new one. I did. I just yeah. told you I did. Yeah. My girlfriend got me one for Christmas. So Perfect. now I'm all excited. I'm clearing all that stuff off of there. And it's so easy. It's got that little foam... Styrofoam yep. thing at the end of it. You just push the snow right off the car. You no scrapes, no scratches. I took it took me all like a minute and a half to clear off my uh, my car the other day when yeah. I was coming in. 
Uh, according to AAA, Massachusetts does not have a law specifically addressing snow on cars. However, drivers who do not remove snow and ice from their vehicles could be citing for driving with a, quote, unsecured load and fine $200. Oh, right. oh yeah, we've all been yeah. there. Did you ever lose your load on the highway? Uh, no, I usually pull off to the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm jackknifing all over the place, and I'm losing my load as soon as it hits the ground. You know what I'm saying? That's trucker innuendo. (laughs) In addition, if the uh, (laughs) snow is blocking a window, a driver could be cited for impeding operation of a motor vehicle and fined $40. Do you ever have a line that just... Clicked on a memory for you. Yep. So I, th- this just this just sent me all the way back to when I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade, and the gym teacher had one of his jobs was to take everybody outside during gym class in the winter time and do bus safety. Okay. Like how to get off a bus in case the thing crashed. It's important stuff. And uh, this guy whose name was uh, Mister Winters, right? And okay. Th- Mr. Winters talk like this all the time. Kind of like uh, Sly Stallone, but not so much with the Brooklyn accent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he would just sit there and tell you, pull the handle all the way up on the back and then slowly get out, each one of you, making sure everybody's safe. And don't forget, when you're crossing in front of traffic. Yeah. Some drivers only clear a little tiny circle in their windshield, and they can't see their field of vision in the surrounding. Oh, uh, yeah. So you, uh, walking out to school in the morning, might get hit by a car because some dummy didn't clear the windshield. Smart advice. Yeah, this guy sucked. Yeah, but still good advice. Is it really good advice? Yeah, you want to clear off the entire windshield so you're not mowing children down while they're crossing the streets. I think I'm more fascinated uh, by it because this man had zero interest in telling us about bus safety, yet this was his requirement from the state of New York to well, do this every uh, every quarter. It's you know one of many things he was probably <clears throat> uh, you know leading into when it comes to uh, pedestrian safety. By the way, before you get into the, uh, the next yeah. story, I want to uh, offer uh, a correction. Yeah. Uh, David Wells did pitch for two unremarkable I seasons with the Red Sox. I was yep. pretty sure that yep. he did. Yep. Yeah, he left the Yankees, went to the Padres in 2004. Yeah, okay. And then Theo Epstein signed him in 2005-2006. It was not a real good fit. And, well. Uh, he was I, uh, let go. But I was <clears> not wrong. You were not wrong. Make, I was wrong. Make I'll make sure we ask Bronson Arroyo about that. We don't have to ask him about David Wells. We no. only have him for a limited time. Why waste time on David Wells? Um, do you remember? Uh, I don't uh, remember any of it. All right. Well, yesterday I did this story about a car being stolen, and there was a kid in the back of the car. Yes. All right. So then I'm 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 reading another story uh, about this yesterday. Uh, all the way. This is from Illinois. A sheriff's office in Illinois said it was initially thwarted from tracking a stolen car with a two-year-old boy inside. When Volkswagen's car net service refused to provide access to the tracking system because the car's subscription had expired. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. This is a statement from the Lake County Sheriff's Office said, uh, while searching for the stolen vehicle and endangered child, sheriff's, de- de- sheriff's detectives immediately called Volkswagen CarNet 
in an attempt to track the vehicle. Unfortunately, there was a delay as Volkswagen Carnick would not track the vehicle with the abducted child until they received payment to reactivate the tracking device in the stolen Volkswagen. Volkswagen Carnet lets owners track and control their vehicles remotely, according to the Chicago Sun-Times article. The Carnet trial period had ended, and a representative wanted $150 to restart the service and located the SUV. What a bunch of crap. Wow. Yeah, and uh, the article continued. The detective pleaded, explaining the extremely uh, you know, dire circumstances that we're dealing with here, but the representative didn't budge, saying it was company policy, and uh, the detective had to work out getting a credit card number and then call the representative back to pay the $150, <laughs> and at that time, the representative provided the GPS location of the vehicle, but by the time the officer said they paid the $150 and got the location of the vehicle, the vehicle had already been located by other means, yeah. like somebody had seen them and pulled them over. Now, did this guy automatically cancel his description once the, the, once the, uh, the car was uh, well, found? Yeah. Can you imagine that, trying to call up? Oh, you're not the registered owner of the vehicle. Yes, but I paid for the subscription. I'm sorry, our records don't match up. I can't do that for you. You're going to have to call another department. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, about 30 minutes had passed, and we had already located the two-year-old child and located the vehicle before they even provided us with the information. So by the time the guy gives the credit card, the kids are it's, is being found in the process. By the time they get access to the GPS coordinates, they're like, yeah, we know where it is. You know what I can see? I can see you calling up uh, you, the, the, the car manufacturer, in this case, Toyota. It takes you 45 minutes to actually talk to a real-life person to, re, to restart this subscription. You give it to them. You give them your credit card number, all your information, and they tell you at the end of the call, we will restore service in 48 hours. Yes. Expect two to five days for your service to click back on. Now, your car and your child may, may be uh, at least 2,500 miles away. But once we figure it all out, we'll take control of the vehicle. Well, for uh, Volkswagen's part, they admit there was a serious breach of its process for working with law enforcement in the uh, Lake County incident. The company uses a third-party vendor to provide the CarNet service. Volkswagen has a procedure in place with the third-party provider for CarNet supportive uh, services involving emergency requests from law enforcement. They have executed this process successfully in previous incidents. Unfortunately, in this instance... There was a serious breach of the process. Do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, you did let it lapse. And then uh, speaking of uh, GPS-related things, I posted this on Facebook yesterday. It's uh, Ford who's seeking a patent for cars that uh, ditch you if you missed your payments on it. A patent application from automaker Ford was published last week for embedded vehicle systems that facilitate an automobile's repossession, including autonomously moving it to a repossession agency. The patent, which was filed in August, covers more ways to combat non-payment. The least intrusive is a helpful message delivered to the vehicle or smartphone notifying the user of the delinquency. If notices go unacknowledged, the system can disable select functionalities of the vehicle or even lock the vehicle out entirely. But... They would let you do, like, if you had to go to the hospital, it's kind of like your cell phone working yeah. in a 911 situation. I don't know if I like that idea. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really like it either. Of course, you know, the, uh, the life of a repo man is intense. It is a, a very intense. Whatever you do, don't look in the trunk. Why? What's in the trunk? You don't want to know. You don't want to know what's in the repo man's don't trunk? Don't look in the repo man's trunk. Um... 
yeah, I guess this eliminates tow truck companies from having to go to somebody's house and tow a vehicle away. The car just gets disabled. I mean, this is obviously futuristic type stuff because you're expecting the car to be driven back to a repo uh, facility. Yeah. By itself. Well, I'm not real comfortable about autonomous driving anyway. Eh, I mean, I'm all right with it. I'm okay with it. Well, it depends on how far away the car is from the nearest, you know, destination. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see a car driving on the road. There's no driver. You know, you wonder what the hell's going on over there. Well, you can say, wow, we're in the future. Look, driverless cars. I got to stop drinking while I'm driving because I I think I'm seeing things. You know how much I would love to have a a computer drive the car? That would be awesome. Yeah, no, that would be fine. That would be that would be great, uh, but I'd want to be in the car, and have it just like drive around town while I'm not in it. Why you could get stuff done? You could have your groceries put in there. When you go to order groceries at Stop and Shop, you pull up to that spot. I was a little shocked by that at first, because all of a sudden my hatchback just opened and there's this kid putting groceries in. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was the procedure. Yeah, uh, autonomous repo. I don't. I just. I don't know. Uh, that's gonna take some time for me to, to feel comfortable with. Listen, yeah, you, you send your car to go get groceries. Uh, maybe put it in order at the White Hut. Go get some, you know, burgers and dogs and fries for the afternoon, and uh, maybe do one of them. Uh, oh, you know, you could. Isn't there like the liquor store that does the uh, the curbside pickup? Don't they, some of them do that still? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. could. I don't know if they do. I'm sure you absolutely could. Yeah. yeah, you could make a. You could send your car out to do errands for you. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be kind of cool. Your uh, pioneer Just seems like it's far, far in the future. Well, it's looking like. Well, my 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 comment to this though. Uh, well, it's Ford. Can't you just find the cars dead on the side of the road anyway? <laughs> Like, what do you need a what do you need a computer to tell you where? Was that the old joke? It's you know, Ford stands are found on road dead, found on road dead, or fixed or repaired daily. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today: sunshine this morning, and then clouds moving in by this afternoon, and rainy with a high of forty four. Tomorrow, all rain with a high of forty six. It's twenty two right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock one hundred two. Ah, yeah. Springfield's classic rock. It's eight forty nine, and Tom Petty. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny this morning and then clouds moving in this afternoon with uh, rain uh, coming in later on, drizzles and stuff like that. 44 for a high tomorrow. All rain with a high of 46. It's 22 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, if you missed any part of today's show, the Daily Podcast is going to get posted after uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, You can find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And on rock102.com. In fact, uh, anywhere where you're looking for podcasts, you will find it. Also, check out uh, Steve Nagel, Mind Your Business. Uh, that's uh, up there right now. Yeah. And Baxi's musical podcast with my guest, drummer Gina Shock from the Go-Go's. Oh, that sounds uh, pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, listen, uh, we're, we're bringing it to the table. I got a good one for next week. I did the I did an interview yesterday. Actually, very entertaining. Very, very funny. So that's, uh, that's coming up next week. Uh, here's something disturbing. Yeah. The remains of a man who had disappeared in southern Argentina earlier this month appear to have been found inside a school shark that was captured by a local fisherman. The family of uh, Diego Barra, uh, 32, recognized his remains due to a tattoo that was visible. Daniela Militruz, the law enforcement officer who was in charge of the search, told local media 
Maria had uh, last been seen near the coast in the southern province uh, riding his all-terrain vehicle late on February 18th. The damaged AT- ATV was located on February 20th on a beach near uh, Rocas, Coloradas, but there were no sign of Berea, and uh, an intense search began to try to locate the father of three. Early uh, Sunday morning, two fishermen went to the Coast Guard to report they had fished three school sharks close to where Berea's ATV was located, and they were cleaning them. They found human remains in one of them. Ew. Family members recognized Berea due to a tattoo that appeared on one of those remains. Officials are continuing to investigate uh, what exactly happened to Berea. Now, how long was this guy missing? Uh, well, since February, uh, the damaged ATV was found on the 20th of February. So, I don't know, t- 10 days or whatever. Yeah. It's how long does it take a shark to digest nine something? Nine days, huh? How long does it take a shark to digest food like that? Well, apparently it's not nine days. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I know I can digest food within just a couple of hours. Oh, oh Doc, I'm getting stomach pains. Well, you got something lodged in there. Let's let's give you an ultrasound to find out. It's a leg. Yeah, it's a leg. <laughs> oh, I had that yesterday. No wonder I was feeling so oh, gassy. Irregular. <laughs> Doc, I, s- I got to do something about portion control. I just don't know when to stop. Uh Oh, and I see the guy's finger in your colon. Oh, that was from somebody else. <laughs> That was me doing shark stuff. I can prove it with a DNA profile. Oh, I can do shark stuff. Well, what does that mean? Well, I can swim around in these bloodthirsty waters, or I can have sex with you. And everything Everything in between. between. Get in. (laughs) Oh, well. You know, we are never going to talk about what we and I, you and I were texting each other yesterday. I can't. We We could. We, we are never going to do that. We we never could. See, this is the thing. Some of the best part of this show happens, and I've said this a million times, happens off the air. It happens uh, inside conversations. It happens, <laughs> and it would be so funny to the listener, yet we would get in so much trouble oh. if we said anything about these. Things. Yesterday, Steve and I had a, a text conversation. This was, uh, I don't know, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, it's something that was that was uh, personal, not having yeah. to do with business. But then you told a joke, <laughs> and then I told a joke, and then we both started telling jokes. And then it was like it was like rapid fire back and forth, and, and yeah, every see? time, every time, <laughs> <laughs> the magic doesn't stop when you get off the air. And you know it's yeah. you know what's funny is when you're when you're reading it and you're laughing while you're still <laughs> texting the response. <laughs> and it's the thing is it was such an Offensive and insensitive yeah. conversation yeah. about a person we knew, and we didn't want to get involved in. And we're not going to tell you what it was all about. But when I tell you that that was maybe one of the funniest conversations <laughs> you and I have ever had, it just seems so oh. disappointing that it has to be wasted in text. Well, but that's okay. You know what? There are some <laughs> things that are sacred, and you can't joke about them. And you know, you can't but joke you, about them publicly. We can always joke it. about stuff privately. But you got to admit, it was pretty damn funny. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, people getting offended by things. You know, and this cancel culture type. Yeah. You know, the thing that we got going on. It just like what are you, are you trying to just get rid of everything? Like, you know, how many things like possibly offend somebody. Yeah, I remember my the perfect example of this was Chick-fil-A. Remember, like, years ago, people were like, 
Oh, well, they're religious and they don't like uh, homosexuals. Uh, uh, boycott Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. You find out that the CEO of Chick-fil-A has negative views against people who are homosexual and that's obviously not a good thing and nobody wants to deal with that kind of, you know, that that kind of uh hatred or sure. if you if you want to call it that. So, uh but how many places have you been into? Like maybe the owner was a murderer or maybe uh the owner doesn't like uh, other people of color or oh, maybe yeah. you know, how many other places have you gone into that you yeah, don't that's- supply you don't supply the or don't even take the time to find out. Well, see, outrage tends to have like a news cycle type of life, you know, life yeah. expectancy. So if you know you, people are most woke minded in the moment, yeah, as opposed to something that happened, you know, long time ago. You, know, you have to prove it. You got to go back, and that takes effort. And you know, people who are, you know. Uh, <laughs> People who are impulsively outraged are never going to go back in time, and you know, and when it came to like uh, you know those criticisms of Chick Fil A, yeah, that was the 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 story right that very moment. Like I'll tell you why I'm never going to go to a Chick Fil A because that chicken sandwich is overpriced and it sucks. I don't know why you that's that that's the opinion everybody should have. Yeah, the, my my opinion is it, it's it, it's not that the food is bad. It's just I'm not going to sit in a line that long for a chicken sandwich for for a, for a mediocre chicken sandwich. It's not even that good. Yeah. Now I, the Popeyes chicken sandwich, I might uh, I might be a little bit more aggressive in my weight. No, because uh, well, let's say you, you wind up uh, knowing that uh, Popeye yeah. uh, did something back in his youth that uh, you didn't you found objectionable. Something with Wimpy. Something with Wimpy. All yeah, right, that's, that's why he, that's why his nickname is Wimpy because uh, you know maybe he couldn't perform or something. I don't you know. Ne- you never know. But uh, that wouldn't turn me away from going to a Popeyes. <laughs> That would make me want to watch the video. Listen, it's a superior product. That's yeah, all I can yeah, tell you. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, Back in Black is going to be uh, playing <laughs> at uh, Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. Great place to see a, see a show uh, brought to you by Throttle Rocker Nation. It's going to uh, happen on the 11th of March. Uh, tickets are $15 in advance, 20 bucks at the door. you got to be over 21 in order to go, we have a pair of tickets to the 10th caller right now at 293-1021. It's Back in Black, the uh, true ACD experience coming to Holyoke. Good luck on Rock 102.